Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello one and all and welcome to Behind the Glass, the podcast which aims to take you behind the scenes of the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass as well as the automotive and social media worlds. I'm your host Sam from that YouTube channel Seen Through Glass and back alongside me it is of course Mr. Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. I mean I underestimated how hot it is in here actually. Weirdly hot hot, right? Yeah. Well you'll be glad to hear that we won't have to put up with these weird temperatures much longer. No. <gasps> there is big news and we're teasing it today. Oh, are we? And we're, well, because we're teasing it for our behind the glass audience oh. before the scene through glass audience find out. But essentially, we are going to be moving and things are going to be going up a big level. So we need to go to a lift. We're, to go <laughs> to the lift office. Yeah. What you're Basically, we're going to be can, can, climbing stairs. That's what I said. <laughs> but yes, all uh, big changes are ahead uh, f- for this podcast, but also for Seen Through Glass. Uh, I have to say, largely as a result of our amazing patrons. Yes. I know we bang on about them a lot. And actually today we're going to be joined by a patron towards the end of the show. Alex, one of our amazing patrons, top level patron, is going to be joining us for a bit of chit chat. Um, but that group has kind of enabled, pushed, motivated me to take the step that I was planning to do at the end of last year. And you know about and classic me, had a bit of a flap and as you always yeah, do. As, as I always do. Well, I don't like spending money. Um, <laughs> but but now with the support of the patrons, I thought, screw it. Go big or go home. Let's go up a level. So yes, that's you, you kind of get a gist. You kind of get an idea of what I'm talking about. Uh, that's all we're going to say for now. But I think it's the penultimate episode from this studio. And so therefore, Tony, don't worry. Hopefully when we're in our new facility, we'll have temperature regulation. Air conditioning, you mean? Nah, don't get ahead of yourself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that fancy. Um, but maybe we'll have the opportunity to... So this to is the last the time in here, maybe? No, I think maybe we'll do one more in here. We're going to squeeze one more in. I think we'll squeeze one more in. But, okay. yeah, TBC. I mean, I won't uh, be sorry. But... No. <laughs> You've never liked this place, have you? Uh, not really, no. No, no one is. <laughs> it's done well for me because it's convenient. It's the, literally, oh, yeah. Yeah, literally, it's a cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you've been away from a f- from the show for a couple of episodes. I had to do a few by myself, which I feel like they never go down well, those solo episodes. People just go, oh, where's Tony? This, this podcast crap without D- Tony. Really? That's very well, kind of you. really overinflates your ego, which upsets me massively. No. <laughs> uh, but what's been going on? I've been on a road trip, obviously, which we're going to come back to. But what have you been up to? What's been going on at the uh, at the old shop? What, the old shop? The old dealership, yeah. Uh, not loads. Um, it's quietened down a bit this month. When is the last time I saw you? Was it like this month? Or End of July. Month? Okay, fine. So yeah, so new month, August, obviously. We're still doing all right. Still doing but, bits. Yeah, but August is predominantly 
fairly quiet anyway because everyone goes away on holiday. And I think people still have. So I know a number of people have gone away. So oh, so do I. But but <laughs> well, you did. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we're all right, mate. Just just ticking along. Still really short of stock, but everyone is, and you know we'll get by. Any juicy bits you want to shout out? Uh, got um. Got a Focus RS coming in. Got an Alpha Julia coming in. Got a 718 GT4 coming in. Um, She's got some nice bits still. I mean, stock is tight, as you say, but you've yeah, got nice bits coming in. I've still got some some fairly decent stuff. Had a couple of baths coming. <gasps> do, do, you, do you want one? Well, yes. One's you, yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Stop trying to ruin me financially. <laughs> Just as we make this big move, soon to be revealed. I'll have a deal with you. You literally... <laughs> Tony sends me a WhatsApp and goes, by the way, I got these two in. I'm like, why didn't you tell me this last week? <laughs> so we've spoken about it before recently on the podcast. My kind of like uh, itching for another, or as I keep, it needs to be a bath. You oh. know, we as Brits say a bath. Well, that's what I'm going to have yeah. an a bath. Yeah. Um, but it's no, it's a bath. A bath. As the internet likes to tell me. Um, and yes, you've got two really nice ones in. You did two just right. come yeah, in. Yeah. Two just come in. Oh, I just, oh well, no. let's wait and see. I need, a, I need a few more sponsors. Harry's, if you want to come back. <laughs> <laughs> or anyone else. Or anyone else. Uh, we could get going on that whole bath thing. But I think, well, let's wait and see. I don't want to say never say never, but at the moment it might be. They're both actually really nice. They're both too much really too low soon. Mileage. They're really nice specs. Yeah, the grey yeah. one especially. Yeah. I'd have the yellow paint on the grey spec, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the yellow one is nice, but there's a few other elements on the grey one that I prefer. Yeah. Um, but, you know, nice cars. So screw you. Thanks for flaunting that in my face. <laughs> Speaking of nice cars, though, and please try and be careful here. I've obviously just spent the last week in an Evora. I, 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 I saw. Is your back okay? No. Are, are you fine? You know what? Okay, I will level up here. I'll be completely honest and frank. I was expecting to say no. Oh. I've been really surprised by how comfortable that car's been. No joke. I mean, I... So, uh, to try and uh, overview the trip, Vicky came down with me for the first few days and then had to fly back to the UK for work. I carried on myself. Coronavirus just ended up being a complete disaster for my trip. I was currently constantly kind of like jumping around different uh, regulations and stuff, which basically meant that I did a lot of motorway miles, a lot of long five to 10 hour drives in that thing. And I said to Vicky on the way down, bring pillows, bring blankets. It's, it's not going to be bring comfort. Another car. It's a sports car. Like, this, this is like, <laughs> you said bring another car. Yeah, bring, the, bring, bring the X3. And, but I, I, said to her, I said, but once we get to Monaco, just you wait till you hear this thing on Route La Turbe. <laughs> and she's like, all right. But both of us, by the time we got to like Leon, we were like, you know what? This has actually been pretty damn good. It's got it's got all the entertainment you would need, Apple CarPlay, speakers and blah, blah, blah. The seats are a lot more comfy than you would think in a pretty hardcore Lotus two-seater sports car. It's got cruise control. And we just kind of just cruised along. Like, I genuinely was really impressed. The one negative about it is you sit kind of really in the car. The cockpit, the cabin is quite compact so you feel very enclosed and sometimes especially when you're on a longer journey you want to see more you know either you want to just push the roof off or you want to have a pan roof or something yeah 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 but my god dude that car on the swiss mountain roads i guess it competes the gt410 sport so it's the most sporty version i guess it sort of competes with a gt4 cayman maybe a cayman gts i can't quite decide I think from an emotion level, it's better than a 718 GT4. Okay. The noise is nuts. Okay. When you're on it, it's super engaging. I guess there's sides of it where I would stick with Porsche because I just, I love Porsche and I guess the usability and maybe 
it's a bit more practical. But on a pure driving pleasure level, I'd pick the 410 Sport. Mm. Okay. It Fair. was genuinely... I, but you remember when we did that, one of our first test drives we ever filmed together was a GT400, a Ford GT400. I mean, I couldn't wait to get out of it. You couldn't. But you have to admit, it sounded good. It did sound very good. It sounded yeah. very good, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And you sit... You, and for anyone who's not been in a Lotus before, you sit right in them, like in even them. even like even more so than a McLaren. You get right in them. In like you're really part, yeah, yeah, you're part of the car. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's engaging though. Really engaging. I would enjoy that. Um, but look, lots has happened since we last sat down and spoke, and uh, and we are sort of almost due a bit of a car news episode because, as I say, lots has come out, lots has been revealed, lots of press drives have happened, um, and I want to dive in with a car that we talked about a lot on WhatsApp over the last few weeks, and we obviously have to address, which is the Gordon Murray T50. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, like, you know I've ordered one. <laughs> <laughs> is it replacing your Jumeirah or coming alongside oh, I mean, I, the Jumeirah? I don't remember. You haven't got a clue, do you? <laughs> Tony has a habit of just, just blind ordering <laughs> multi-million pound hypercars. I can't stop the guy. He's obsessed. Oh. Um, well, yes. Okay, so just as a sort of recap, this is Gordon Murray, the man who designed the McLaren F1, amongst many other genius Formula One cars. He is renowned as being an incredible car designer. But there has been a good 20, 30 years where he hasn't done too much. Yeah, yeah. But has been heralded as, oh my God, it's, it's Gordon Murray. And I think it's long been spoken about the fact that he will one day build a successor to the F1. And, oh my God, there's a Gordon Murray car coming. Well, here it is. And the whole internet covered the launch. The ho- I mean, Paul Wallace was there. Oh. The whole internet. I mean, you know you know when Paul Wallace goes to a static reveal? <laughs> yeah, with his tattoos with his, his t- with his tattoos going, oh, I hate McLaren F1. What's this? He genuinely hates the McLaren F1. I was like, why are you at that launch? You know everyone's been invited. Uh Shout out to Paul. We love you, really. Yeah, we do. Um, but yeah, so it's a naturally aspirated V12 engine. Revs to, what, 12,000 RPM? Yeah, stupid. yeah. Manual, lightweight, central driving position. But I think we both agree that it's <sighs> snorefest. Oh, I'm not interested. Not interested. Absolutely now, not. would you be interested if it was 150 grand? Of course. Okay. Hold on a sec. But but no, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. It's, it's still hideous. Yes. Okay, so like this is what I want to get into. Yeah, yeah. It's not just, okay, the price tag, which is multiple millions, I think 2.3 or 5 or yeah. something. Just, well, I don't care. I don't know what it is because I don't but care. is he actually going to make it? Is well, it, yeah. Exactly. Is this a bit of a, we would make it if people want to buy it type thing? You yeah. know, if we get enough orders, we'll make it. Yeah. But if we don't, you'll never hear from us again. <coughs> TVR. <laughs> yeah, where, where is that car? Oh, I don't know. We should, we should ask me. <laughs> yeah. um, but the thing is, right, okay, look, don't get me wrong. I don't want to be a hater here. And Gordon Murray, as I say, he is a genius. And as an F1 nut, I appreciate and, and uh, respect and admire all the work he's done. This feels like a... Li- the reason I don't like this is it feels like a tiny bit of a gimmick, a tiny bit of a, I'm going to take all these McLaren F1 elements and it looks too similar to McLaren F1, as in like, oh, been a bit, bit freaking straightforward which, there. Which, which, by the way, was a was a... Parla Poo, that, that the original McLaren F1 to drive. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to get into this because do so you know? The same, I mean, but do you know the comments we're going to get if we start no, slagging off care. McLaren? F1? I know because a lot of these people wouldn't have even got in it. I mean, it it's deserves disaster. its own episode because I <laughs> I can't have you just like slyly go. By the way, do you know the McLaren F1 is crap? Like we can't get away with that. So 
Do not worry, people. We'll be back <laughs> with Tony's reasoning as to why he thinks a McLaren F1 is awful. That's going to be an interesting episode. <laughs> but this car, um, you know, I feel like the internet went crazy for it because they felt like they should. Oh, naturally aspirated V12. Oh, my God, 12,000 RPM. Oh, my God, manual gearbox, Gordon Murray. Without actually going, well, does it look good? Is it going to be built? Is it affordable? Like, all these questions, which you kind of have to... Oh, people do ask of Ferrari, of McLaren, of Bugatti, etc. But people kind of glossed over because it looked good or it made sense on an Instagram caption. Do you agree? Like, do yeah, you think no, I, like, I, I, I absolutely agree. And And... It's it's going to be put in the same price bracket as the Project One and the Speed Tail, right? Yeah, yeah, and the Valkyrie and the Valkyrie. Yeah. Well, I would have I would have all of them over that car. Yes, and, and like I would love to say I admire the fact that he's gone out there to do it, but I don't really because I don't think it's revolutionary, especially when you hear what they're planning with Valkyrie, especially you hear Project One, which we should touch upon because lots of uh, track testing spy shots of the Project One came out uh, today, actually, I think, or yesterday. Um, so it's a bit like, oh, yeah, I just well, feel like uh, it's a cop-out. I feel like it's an uh, yeah. easy thing to do. I'll just make a car that looks similar to the McLaren. But that, what is that fan? Yeah, I know. And what's worse is he said he could have incorporated the fan more subtly. Like he could have hidden the fan but just stuck it on there as a nod towards the as the old Brabham fan Yeah, car. I mean, you 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 got to hold your hands up. He's, you know, of what what he's done and what oh my god, genius! But he's a genius. You know, I admire Dyson, but I don't care for his Ufers. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, who cares? <laughs> do, do you know what I mean, though? Yes, I I, I care. I'm just a bit frustrated. And what I what frustrated me was the hype, the fact that on that day, everyone and their dog, except me and Twiggy came out with a video in that car talking about how so exciting, oh my God. When actually I think there's a lot of question marks and we just wanted to step back for two seconds and go, okay, when it's the international press launch and we're driving six of them, like fine, to be applauded. But anyone can make up a car on paper that sounds good. What, and is he going to make six? I mean, we don't even know if it's going to be six. Well, that's what I mean. I actually know someone who has placed an order. Um, so I'm sure if one person has, there will be others. Of course. And I don't know what the deposit scheme is, but I imagine that's a lot, a lot, and and probably financing a lot of the project. <laughs> but yeah, as I say, it it would be easier to sit. We could sit here and come up with the dream hypercar, couldn't we? Well, if, if we wanted to, Chiron. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's the same money. I, I know, mean, I, I mean, it's I just, I love the Chiron. <laughs> I off camera spent about half a day with the Chiron in Geneva. Ah, oh, blue carbon had a Ferrari badge on the front. Unbelievable. Uh, but I was just like, that's the stuff. A friend of mine has ordered one. No way. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the waiting time? Um, well, he, the, the only reason why he hasn't got his yet, because he's been uh, um, looking at the currency. So when uh, you're buying something like that, you're paying euros, of obviously. Course. So when the euro and the pounds crap, it makes a couple of hundred grand difference. I mean, it's huge. Whoa, so, yeah, yeah. It I mean, it doesn't matter to him. He probably earns eight and a half million quid a day, but... but <laughs> But yeah, yeah, yeah. But that you know, he, that's why he's been they, holding. Okay, it off. so he's holding off rather yeah. than them saying. Because I would imagine you can't just go and order a shoe on and say it'll be here in three months, sir. No, you know, see you in two and a half years. Uh, yeah, 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 um, yeah. But but yeah, that car is amazing. But but I mean, 
on paper as in what should be the dream hypercar. As in, I feel like that's what Gordon Murray's done. He sat down and gone, okay, well, everyone loves the McLaren F1. No one's doing a central driving position apart from Speedtail. People love a naturally aspirated car. Let's make it rev really high. Like, no Do you one, know what I mean? No one does manuals anymore. Yeah. But there's a reason for that. There's a... Well, okay. yeah, there yeah, is. Yeah, no, sure. Uh, again, separate episode. <laughs> uh, but but until it's built, because also if you look at some of the interior pictures, some of those buttons and stuff, I think are from not the original McLaren F1, like from an original Ford Escort. Like <laughs> some of the interior details, I'm like, ooh, let's skip past that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't look at great detail, to be honest, because I, you just I, don't care. I honestly wasn't bothered about it. I think people are going to be upset by this. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I think Sorry. we're going to have a lot of people saying that this is the best car in the world and we're, we don't understand and we don't appreciate Gordon Murray for who he is and what he's doing. Uh, and no, we fine, don't. But we do. And this is just our opinion, as always. Uh, and we're always entitled to our opinion. And that's just our thoughts. And guaranteed, as many people have pointed out, there will be a main channel video in about two years time when I drive one and I go, this is the best thing ever. Well, you can relay, you can relay B-roll this. Yeah, because that's what seems to be. I start to notice so many great comments of people going, Sam on behind the glass. What a pile of poo. Sam on seeing through glass. I love this car. <laughs> it's often because here I'm talking without actually experiencing something and we're just, you know, sharing opinions before I get up close to it. I am fundamentally just a fan. Put me in any car and I'm going to probably start really liking it because... I get to drive it for free. Like I get to be around it for free. Like yeah. it's very hard to then step back and go, actually it's crap. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very different to, to having it for an hour or half a day to actually living with it as well, by the way. So you're excited because, Oh my God, this is unbelievable. But actually if you, run it for a period of time, you'd probably have the same, come to the same conclusion that you have sitting here. That's exactly it. And the most important thing is the whole point of this podcast is to give perspective, to, to allow us to elaborate, allow us to reflect, to talk about things that have happened or are going to happen. Because often when I'm filming, or I'm sure even when you've got cars coming in and out of the dealership, you're sort of quick and you're acting on the sort of moment, but you need time sometimes to reflect and go, you know what? That AMG GTR I had was actually really good. Yeah, but yeah, at the yeah. time, I didn't appreciate, you know, so you yeah, need yeah, time yeah. to do things. So yeah, basically don't come at me when I start <laughs> fanboying about the T50. Anyway, let's move on because there is a car which we can be positive about. The idea of. The no. car that we're both salivating at the idea of. M3 Touring. Oh, oh my God. It's happening. Yes. Oh, now this came from BMW Direct in a very cool way, I think. They basically just teased this kind of rear end shot of clearly a touring with tw twin tailpipes or what must be quad tailpipes, basically just saying, it's coming. It's, it's coming. happening. Now, the question is here. Firstly, M3 touring, they, I think, didn't they do a few E30s or have I made that up? Was that an aftermarket thing? I, no, I think this is the first. Ever. M3 touring ever. I would agree. Yeah. But I feel like maybe there'll be a Sultan of Brunei special series that ran that we don't know about. But, but I agree. I think this is the production first ever then. production M3 yeah, yeah. touring, which is insanely exciting. And it's kind of cool because it suggests BMW have kind of noticed that over the years people have kept asking. There's obviously sufficient demand now that they've gone, right, well, heck, let's build it. Clearly people are going to buy them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I always used to think that BMW and Audi had an agreement of like we'll build a saloon and a coupe of the of a of a fast saloonish car, sure. and you can have a, an estate car because Audi don't build a apart from the RS5, but they don't build a saloon RS4, do they? Good point. Only buy an estate, 
So they've left Mercedes and BMW to make the saloon cars. Sure. And they've concentrated. Audi and BMW had a sort of gentleman's handshake. As Maybe. In, yeah, 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 it just seems that... Interesting. That, yeah. There was an RS4 saloon, there wasn't there, a few generations ago. There was, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe, but but you've got to question why they've never done it before. Um, I think with with the fanboying online for, for tourings for estates at the moment, it makes sense. Will people actually go out and buy them? Who knows? Because... I'd like one. I know I'd like one, but what we don't know yet is what shape it's going to be on. Because... I would highly doubt it's going to be, I don't know all my codes, I don't know my BMW codes, but the current M3 and the very beautiful newish 3 Series Touring, which I really wanted, the 340i, I don't think it's going to be that. So it will be, it will, so we think 2022? I thought 2021. Okay. I think they're launching it imminently. So it will, it will look like that, but just with, it will look like the, the M340. No, I think it's the new with the horrible grills, with the kidney grills. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, got you. I think that's what it is. So it'll be a, so then there'll be a facelift then, because they'll all go in line, mate. Yes, I, I think basically what they're saying is when new M3 comes out, which everyone knows is imminent, yeah. there will be a touring version. Okay, to which point they will put them kidney grills on the... Free sit on the current free series and the four series as well, so they'll that will be the facelift. Yes, so you're that, right. That will come first, then the M car. Yes, I would agree. Yes. So I think, as far as I know, three and four series facelift with the horrible grills that everyone's shocked by, uh, like October, yeah, November be, time, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. real soon. Yeah. Uh, and then you're right. I think beginning of next year, the M range, which will include a touring. That's what I think. Yes. So. That's the only bit I'm going to hold breath on. Because as we know, from the launch pictures... <laughs> it's probably one of the only showed us a bit at the back. <laughs> the 4 Series was hideous. Yeah. We haven't really seen it in M spec yet. No. So uh, we can hold hope. Well, you know what it's going to look like? It. You know what it could look like at the front? The what? new um, M135i. No, it looked worse than that. Because you think the grills were... Because on the pictures, they look like they're skinnier, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they look much skinnier. Okay, fine. Sort of well, looking a bit retro. It's a disaster, isn't it? Yeah. So they could really ruin that. Because for me, right now, the current 3 Series Touring is one of the best-looking BMWs for a long time. I agree. It's a very good car. Very good looking. And they even the inside as well. Oh, everything. Immaculate. I mean, let's not fanboy, but yeah. I mean, you, you all know that I'm a fan of that. And that yeah. was my, you know, other choice over the X3. Um, but... I don't think it's going to be that car. If it is that car, they'll sell by the bucket load. It'll be expensive though, huh? Please do not go and buy one list. Really? This is my advice now. Because they'll be what, 75 grand? Oh. A bit, a bit more maybe? But they will be about 75. With will be RS4 money, won't they? So be, there will be that money. But honestly... Um, Even with the hype? Well, I mean, people are going to go out and go of crazy course. for them. But don't forget, there'll be an, then there'll be a competition by the way. Yeah, of course. Because naturally. that's what they yeah. do. Um, but do not go and give lists one because honestly, in six months after they're released, they'll be 10 grand off. Well, them. take the M5 as a prime example, right? A car that had a lot of hype when it came out, a lot of excitement, 100 grand, and now you're selling them at 70, 60. I've sold my one as well. It's gone. I was going to, this was going to be saved for later on. Actually, no, I will save it. Anyway, so yours is gone. Congrats, mate. Well so, done. So. Good at your job, aren't you? Not bad. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so M3 touring. Yeah, we're definitely excited about, but I'm apprehensive until we see full images, full details, 
Let's hold our breath. Well, from the back in the dark, it looks lovely. I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> Could say that about many other things too. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, but a few other things that have kind of been dripping through in the sort of uh, testing pictures where I mentioned it earlier. AMG Project One, we've slagged it off before saying it's never going to get built. Well, Mercedes put a big, big middle finger up to us this week because, uh, yes, we've seen some pictures of the car actually on track, looking a lot more production ready, still in heavy camo, but with proper tail lights and things like that. And it, it suggests that a car is coming. I mean, we... We don't know a lot more, really, apart from that. They just keep showing photos of it, but not really talking about any of the internals or any of the engine or, or mechanics of it. So let's wait and see. Yep. But cool, if they do it, great. Really happy about that. Uh, another car, which has now been teased in more production-looking form, the Maserati MC20. <gasps> a car I am so excited about. And Tony, don't give me that look, because we have spoken about it before. This is the all-new... Well, it's the sort of follow-up there... It's going to be so expensive, this car. They're, ba <laughs> they're basically saying it's the follow-up to the MC12. Oh, my God. But it's it's a all-new Maserati twin-turbo V6 engine on a... Junior engine. Basically, but it's all-new. <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a version of a 4C-esque chassis tub. So small, mid-engined, and this is supposed to be the realisation of the, was it the Alfieri concept, which was the front-engined. It looked like the new Gran Turismo. Right, okay. But so it doesn't look anything like a Roma? No, no, mid-engined, little okay. baby mid-engined. I'm trying to think, it's sort of, mm, there's not really much that goes up against, but if you take the 8C from Alfa and then take the MC12 from Maserati, these are the two cars that have been spoken about a lot in all the press materials. I think this is going to be like, literally, don't laugh, like a 350 grand car. Oh my God. I genuinely think this is going to be 500 units or probably more because the world's gone crazy. A thousand units, whatever. MC20. I, I so hope I'm wrong. No matter what, it's going to be 200 grand once spec. No matter what. That's my, that's my first bet. But I just get the feeling, a bit like with the XE Project 8 when I used to read their press materials, if you start talking about MC12, you're not going to bring out a car for 95 grand, are you? Well, it can't be, because what have Alpha just re released with that stupid GT, that uh, car the, you drive? The GTA. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so yeah. you're right. The, the, the Maserati is going to be more than that mm -hmm. for a start. Mm -hmm. And that's nearly a 150. I messed up that piece a bit because I said... In the video, I thought Alpha had a better chance of selling the Julia uh, GTA than Jaguar did with the Project 8. But someone made a good point, which I reflected upon, which is the Project 8 really was a bespoke car. Firstly, it was like 95% different from an XC, completely different engine, had to be left-hand drive because of the way they fitted it all in. Kind of didn't make sense, but explained the 100 grand price difference. The Julia GTA is 100 grand more than a Julia, if not more, 120 grand more, but doesn't have that kind of level of complexity. Same engine, a little bit of a tune and a load of bodywork. Mate, the inside's exactly the same. Inside's exactly the same, apart from roll cage behind you. Like, I still love it and I do still think they have a better chance of selling it. I do, because I think alpha people are just differently bred in internally. But... If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips and adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It makes less sense, the price jump. You know what I don't get about that? And we haven't really spoke about this, Carl. No. I spoke before, but mm. since you've done your video. Good point. I mean, there's a there's a huge cage in the back. Yeah. You can't get in. No. But there's two rear doors. I mean, why don't you So what are you saying is get rid of the doors? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you open the door. You, I mean, you can't... I mean, you can't put anything in it. Well, you can. What they've done quite cleverly with the GTA is they've... <laughs> you're going to laugh. They've moulded <laughs> places for your helmet. Oh, good. Yeah. Why shouldn't you have them on? <laughs> well, yeah, well, I guess when you're driving to the track. On your way to the track, you can have them strapped in. Okay. Bit better than the Project A, which literally you could not put anything back there. Okay. But I guess I could argue the same about your GT3 RS, but it has two doors. Um, <laughs> which is interesting. Which is sold. No. I've sold it. Oh, I'm quite sad. I am actually really sad because... I'm not going to get a better car, but no. I can go and buy another one worse ways. Okay. Um, I think you will at some point. I will at some it's point. It's going to be like the 488. You're going to end up having 15 GT3 <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah. Um, wow, gone. Yeah. And the, the, the guy that's bought it has wrapped it satin black. Legend. As in PPF. Legend. And it, and it looks amazing. Da bomb. It's not quite finished yet but as soon as I can imagine it looks awesome oh such a good looking car yeah it's the problem is and we've spoken about it again um before uh it's just not it's not a great road car like it's yeah it's it's so good looking and it's so brilliant I I would want but it's just not very good road car Mm -mm. um so you just pick the GT3 I loved it and 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 yeah yeah, the GT3 for the road it's perfect what were we talking about before this (laughs) the GTA the GTA and the MC20 um so anyway I'm super excited about this Maserati thing. I'm a 
I'm kind of a Maserati fan. I'm not really, but I'm kind of a Maserati fan. Um, we drove so, one of them as well. Do you remember? Yeah, of course. We went to college. Grand Turismo S. That, that was a cabrio. <laughs> that was a test drive. And we were like, oh my God. What we both it? looked at each other and like, this is a pilot. <laughs> Again, sounded good though. Yeah, sounded good. good. Maybe we need to do another one of those test drive series. I mean, fucking hell, I need to make some money first. But uh, they, was, they, they were fun. Yeah. Uh, so yes, uh, a couple of cars that we're waiting to, to find out more about. Um, speaking of cars that have launched though that we now know lots about Ferrari Roma which I'm driving next weekend so I think when this podcast goes out in a couple of days I'll be driving it I'm worried by the reviews because they've been quite flat Um, I think I was expecting singing and dancing because when I saw the car read over the specs in detail I got really excited that this was going to be a very a very new and very different Ferrari. Yeah. Um, but all of the reviews have, have been a little bit, it's a G- GTC4 Lusso with I mean, two doors. I, I did say that. Hey, hey, hey. Sitting hey. here. Back off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. And we will talk about it in more detail okay, once, once I've driven it. Okay. Um, a car that's been receiving a lot of press, but has been around for a while, McLaren 620R. Suddenly, well, out of nowhere, they just did an embargoed release of that car. Well, they obviously haven't sold them all because it's all I've seen on the internet. I was going to say, I think that's all it says to me because genuinely, didn't that car come out like last year? Yeah. And then clearly they've gone, oh, God, we need some press about this. Well, so done an embargoed drive. Yeah. And, uh, we, yeah, we clearly, we've got some deposits on them and no, yeah. we haven't sold <laughs> them. haven't sold them. Too hardcore, right? I mean, too much. Well, it's it, a GT4 road car. It's a GT4 road car, but they said, from what I gather... I mean, I've not been near it, obviously. I've not even seen one. I've seen pictures, but I've not even seen one. From what I gather, it's it's a GC4 road car, yeah. but a little bit more compliant, as in, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. I, mm. Just buy a GC3 RS. There we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that brings us up to date a little bit on recent car news. I don't think there was anything else major that we felt the need to discuss. Uh Anything that you were desperate to rant about? I feel like people enjoyed your rants. Yeah, we, we we spoke about the Black Series, didn't we? Yes, we spoke about it, and our, our price speculation was confirmed. You knew? Yeah, well, I didn't know, no, but I... Yes, kn- he did. No, no, no! <laughs> I, I no, knew, bang on. I knew, like, I know the MC20 is going to be that much. As in, I don't know, but I know. Basically, my old PR background, <laughs> like I essentially can read a press release and I read exactly what they're trying not to say. Uh, <laughs> okay, do you know fine, what I mean? Like fine, fine, you can fine, just fine. tell, like you, you, you can PR spiel is very easy to read. The car's a joke, mate. Yeah. It's I an absolute joke. Absolute joke, right? Yeah. Makes no sense. And, and even I saw uh, Chris Harris tweeting a similar thing, which was like, Black Series always represented this super cool idea, this super cool part of AMG and Mercedes have they just got that completely wrong with this AMG GTR Black Series thing? And you know why they've probably done it as well? Because they know that they're going to sell them. Yeah. And instead of selling them for 250 grand or less and people getting the overs for them, they're thinking, we'll have the money now. We'll have it up front. We'll charge 330 for it. No one's going to pay overs over that. No. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to pay 330 for them anyway, but... And the car just, oh, well, let's not get into it. We did did a whole rant on it already. We did, yeah. um, so moving on, one thing I wanted to talk about briefly before we get Alex, our patron on. Um, I saw yesterday an M5 competition in bright red. Is that the new car? It was actually an 18 plate. Okay. and it, But it was paint. Okay. And it got me thinking, because it looked amazing. Imola red? 
I very bright red. Uh, he, uh, he, I think they used to call it. No, Imola was like the. Yeah. But anyway. Okay. Very yeah, nice. Beautiful. And it got me thinking: cars that you don't often see in bright colours or different colours. Because when I saw the new Cayenne GTS that had been bought over from Germany in a very bright orange, and I saw one in the showroom the other day, and it actually looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it looks amazing. That's so funny. So I was trying to think of cars that do or don't suit these bright colours because I think M5s, I've really only ever seen black, silver, grey. Blue. Blue. The fair. most common colour. Dark blue. Yeah, <laughs> blue. Chill out. <laughs> Chill out, car dealer. They're always blue. I have a stat. Yeah. I I've never seen one in bright red. It looked amazing. No, yeah, yeah. Fair. And so Cayenne again, all these, all these colours... I was trying to think of other things that do or don't suit really bright colours or... At Land Rover made that orange car, do you yes, remember? Yes, that burnt orange look. Yeah. Didn't work out, did it? No. Range Rovers, I think, suit darker colours again. They do. There's too much of the car. Yeah. But except the layer cake yellow Range Rover. But, oh. <laughs> but I, I think all big cars suit dark colours. If you if you've got a big car, I think you've got to have a dark color in general. Okay. I know that M5 you probably thought looked amazing because of the first one you've seen. Yeah, it's just different. And but look at F12s and Lussos. I mean, well, okay, good point. Have them in red. I was literally just going to say that. I mean, especially Lussos and FFs. For some reason, as Ferraris, they don't work in red. They look terrible. They look really bad in yeah. red. Yeah. And that's always been a front-engine V12 Ferrari thing. I think you know, dark blues, dark greens, etc. Work really, really well, yeah. but. For some reason, red. Grey, black. Yeah. Even when they did the special colours for like 812 Superfast launch, still you're like, eh, not really going to go for not it. Not for me. Aston Martin, again, you do see a few in, in blues and yellows and stuff like that. I think they can kind of pull it off sometimes, but the DB11, for example, the only cool colour I've seen on that has been a really rich, like triple layered blue that I drove in South Africa. Amazing. Yeah. The rest of the time... Greys, dark, dark colours. Yeah, yeah, Never car. see a yellow DB11, do you? Not well. well not, not really, no. Not, not that you want to. No. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had a car come into stock which has had a colour that you're just like, that is going to be tough to sell? Um, or a spec? Probably one of yours. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong there, son. You're not wrong there. <laughs> you walk right into that. <laughs> I definitely do. What a dick. But um, you must sometimes get cool yeah. and be like, that is going to be... Because there's that Carrera GT that's been on the market forever, which is the McDonald's spec, isn't it? Yeah. Yellow yeah. with a red interior. Yeah. And they must be going... Or is it is it yellow with a red? Or yellow I think, I think yeah. it's, a yellow, it's yellow outside, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Tough, tough to move on. Yeah, I'm sure I've had loads of cars down the years and thought, oh my God, what's going Never going to get rid of that. Absolutely not. I mean, they do everything sells in the end, mate. But obviously, there's a price, and then and then how long it takes. Harder to shift for sure. That's yeah. why they call it resale red for Ferrari, isn't it? Except if you're buying a Lusso or a <laughs> Yeah, we we call it something else. But yeah, I can't. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, of course, give it on the, on the low down. <laughs> but it's interesting because Porsche is, is a good example. We don't often get the choice to do really quirky, like Audi exclusive and blah blah. blah. As a UK market. We're sort of advised against it, aren't we? You know, often when you go to the dealers, it's very complicated and hard to do. And I imagine because the right-hand drive thing is already complex enough, right? Oh, well, they don't want them back either. They don't want them back. Yeah, yeah freaking hell. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, don't ever. Oh my god, I remember once seeing uh, an Audi A7. Okay. In a oh my god, it was the worst thing I've ever seen. 
it was it was on like eighteen inch wheels. Oh my god! Brand new car oh, being specced. Yeah. It it was a light green, like an awful, awful light green with like green and brown or like a tan inside. Oh. And it was honestly, and I said when I walked in, I said, have you sold that? Yeah. They said, yeah, it was like special order. I said, I hope you got a big deposit. Yeah. Because if the bloke don't go through oh with that, you're God. never going to sell it. it never going to get rid honestly, of it. Honestly, the worst car I'd ever seen. It was terrible. Comment below, what are the... Sorry, the weird yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on below if you have that car. Yeah. What are the weirdest specs you've seen? Because there are some out there and you do every yeah. now and again pop into a dealership and you'll come across a car and you'll go, someone ordered this? Yeah. And it got me thinking because last week in Geneva, I filmed a Diablo, one of the last Diablos off the line, if not the very last Diablo roads to off the line, which was chroma flare paint, you know, that paint that changes colour. Yeah, yeah. With a green and yellow leather interior. Yeah. Oh. It was nuts, mate. It was nuts but brave and hard to sell. Um, so I'd be interested to see what, yeah, what other people... There's a lot of cars across. like that in Dubai, mate. Like, you know, of when you course. go to Dubai, like, they're all them crazy wacky cars. Specs. Wacky specs. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely not. Not here. No, <laughs> no everyone plays it very low-key. Like, like, I remember the Taycan I test drove, and it was grey on grey on grey. I was like, how very British. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think it's time to get our patron, Alex, on. We're going to be quizzing him about, uh, well, his car life and his car history. I really hope he's prepared for Tony to absolutely ruin his day. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, getting his opinions on some of the topics we've discussed today. So, two seconds, uh, and Alex will be joining us. Alex, can you hear us? I can. Oh, my God. Look at this. Technology is amazing. It's unbelievable. I mean, I cannot believe you pulled this off. I don't really know how I have. If you drop out at any point, we'll call you back. But look, <laughs> welcome welcome to the show. Welcome to Behind the Glass. Thank you for your support. It's amazing to have you on. Um, we're going to kick things off by just diving deep into you and your car life. And yeah. Tony, please be nice. Remember, this guy supports our podcast, okay? I, I, I'll, I'll be nice. Don't worry. Okay, so are you driving? Do you have a car currently, Alex? Yes. What, yes. What, dare I ask what that car is? So I'm very lucky that I've got a Porsche GT4. Oh, chaos! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> well done, Alex. Good boy. Okay, can I just clarify for the audience? We didn't handpick Alex based on his car. That was, we had no idea what he was about to say. Congrats, sir. Uh, 981 or 718? Uh, because it's a better one. So which one? The first one or the second one? The first one. So I've got the 981. Oh, um, good man. Only it's not better, but... No, okay. it is better. <laughs> it, okay, it's not better, but it's better. No. But anyway, it's, <laughs> so, a, a, no. a, it's, it's a Hold Porsche. Hold on a sec. So Sit down, Tony. Alex, tell him why it's better. So I think for somebody who hadn't had the 981, 718 is a fantastic car. I think if you go back to it, the 918, it's got a lot more soul. It's you got more feel. The noise, I think, a big thing with the cars nowadays is you lose the noise. And so I was on track yesterday for a couple of hours and I got kicked off. Because <laughs> uh, it's too loud. Too loud, yeah. Luckily their noise monitors weren't working and then they switched them off, switched them on at three o'clock and we got kicked off straight away. Where was you where was you yesterday? What what track were you at? Uh, yesterday we were at Bedford Autodrome, so the Palmer Sports track. Nice. Yeah, they're strict there. They're strict at Bedford though. Yeah. Really strict. Yeah. Which is amazing because there's nothing around there. This exactly. RAF base and a, and a racing track, so surely... The planes, the planes get upset. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful of the planes. But there's something about that engine that's just a little bit more emotive than the 718 mm -hmm. engine. Whilst the 718 engine might be better, 
it's just not it's just you have to really rev it up to like seven eight thousand rpm before it does anything and then even when you get there you're like oh. it's the it, mate it's the exhaust it's the, it's the filters it's not it's not, not just that it's not the car it's the power it, delivery alex will agree with me here that's why i got him on <laughs> you know i knew no i didn't know no. <laughs> it's just more enjoyable but but well look congratulations amazing car what what color have you got so it's white beautiful um i'm sure it's gonna get some slating from tony but it's got the porsche decals down the side and then Porsche on the rear wing. I mean, he knows me well, but no, no, no. Fair, look, the fact it's a GT4 Porsche, honestly, yeah. I don't care what it is. It's a Porsche, so fair play. Have you, would, like, is that your first real sports car? Did you step up to that from something else? Talk, talk us through your brief history before that. So we were lucky about two years ago. Um, we've got a our first sort of big car, I'd say, was a Mercedes C43. Oh, quirky. You oh, don't, you oh, don't like them. <laughs> With the exhaust. Convertible C43. Yeah. To a <laughs> so we had, we had that for about two weeks. Oh, I was going to say. Yeah. And then we tried that to get mortgage and told to get rid of it. Okay. Well done. Because so we, um, that was, that's not a real car. Mortgage, is it? And we went on to a Jaguar type. Beautiful. Very which, good. which engine? V6. Great, great. Still, because so, lighter. For me, better. dream car is the E type. So it was the closest. Um, I'd say that's the best and the worst car I ever owned. Okay, nice. The best car whilst I had it. <laughs> sure. It was the worst, worst car when I tried to sell it. I think it took me 18 months. Oh, you should have given it to me, boy. I'd have sold it in a week. <laughs> <laughs> you did well with my F-Type, Tony. Uh, of course, I'll do well with I, all your cars. You do well. I do hear they're hard to shift. I, I have heard this before. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's because there's so many of them or what, but... No, no one wants them. That's a bit harsh. We wanted them. They're brilliant cars. Uh, dick. Um, so V6 F-Type. Yeah. And then to the GT4? GT4, whilst I still had the F-Type. Oh, okay. Two-car garage. What a dream. Um, yes, and then now GT4 and A35. Oh, mate. He's killing it. A A35 is actually really good. And it's I would really say better car, than yeah. the stupid A45. Well, uh, I mean, it, it, I mean, it's fifteen grand cheaper. Well, there you start. go. With so much performance. Yeah. Do you ever get in that car and go, "Oh, I wish I just had that extra whatever many horsepower"? Speed-wise, no. Okay. I think I've not driven the new A45. Um, I think A35 is great. <laughs> the engine is just a lift. Engine lets me down. I think performance-wise, it's great. There is just no feel to it. Yeah, there's no feel. But I bet down the road on a B road, there wouldn't be much between that and your GT4. Actually, to be fair. I think the Merc would probably outdo the GT4. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's favourite gloat was when we took my Cayman S and the 360 out and we were giving it some large. And actually, to be fair, you were quite surprised by how quick the 360 was. Was I? Yes. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't do this now. Never admit it. Never, never admit it. And then he got out and went, oh, sorry, mate. I wasn't actually in sport plus mode. I was just in sport. Yeah, I was short shifting no, at yeah, 3,000 yeah, reps. No wonder I couldn't keep up. <laughs> Uh, well, look, beautiful car history. I have to applaud you there. I think some fantastic choices. Uh, is the GT4 a bit of a keeper? Are you eyeing up something next? No, it's a keeper. I think yeah. if I was as rich as Tony. <laughs> no, one, no, no, no one's as rich as Tony. <laughs> no a GT3 RS, but that's, I think, the difference. Um, I haven't driven one yet. Oh, my God. You have. To, I've just sold mine, Alex. just sold his. I've just sold Congrats. mine. Yeah, just revealed that on the podcast today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's honestly if you can get yourself in one it's honestly if you like the GT4 it's honestly the, mm -hmm. the, the best car honestly 
I mean, I looked at a GT3, and I think the GT4 to the GT3, I don't think it's worth the money. Step yeah, up. it is, it is, it is, it is. <laughs> GT3 RS. You're speaking to the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, honestly, GT4 and GT3 are night and day, mate. Really? Uh, I think oh, it's a absolutely. different driving experience, though, I yeah. have to say. I mean, like, obviously, I kind of get where you're coming from, Alex, where it's similar similar kind of stuff in a different mm. way. Same shit, different bucket, basically, is what I was, what I was trying to say in a polite PC way. Well, that's not. Uh, but no, but it, but it is in the terms of track-focused road cars. Not, it's absolutely not at all. I mean, you, you're deluded. <laughs> I mean, the, the GT4 is a manual. It's yeah. mid-engine. Yeah, you can get a manual GT3. What are you thinking of? PDK or manual for the GT3? <laughs> I have to... PDK. PDK. Just good, because it's, good good, it's more for track use, I think. And when I bought the GT4, it was, no, I never take this on track. Keep it on the road. So the manual was the one. But I think track-wise, it'd have to be the PDK. Yeah, so the GT, the G, your GT4 is all right in, in a manual because mm. without being disrespectful, it's not really that fast. But 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 a, a, a GT3 manual is too fast for a manual. You have to yeah. have a PDK because it's just it's 500 horsepower. Oh, it's too I'm going to disagree with you so much. Oh. What about the touring? Who cares about the touring? What do you mean? Who cares about the touring? One of the greatest <laughs> cars ever made. Well, it's not. It's not. I mean, it's not a track car, is it? No, it's for touring. Yeah, exactly. So that's fine. You're not going to be going that fast. Well, it depends who you're driving with. Well, okay. I mean, I've never seen you go fast in your life. <laughs> <laughs> I think you struggled to keep up with me when I was in my 540C and you were in your 570S. <laughs> um, okay, well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you there. I think GT4, I think you're onto a winner, on, onto a bit of a keeper. Um, I get where you're coming from, but I think, yeah, try and jump in a GT3 and a 3RS, uh, get some driving time and see what you think, because I'm blown away by the 991.2, both the 3 and the 3RS, I just think are, are spectacular, spectacular cars. Um, but look, let's get you involved in some of the topics we've been discussing today we've been r- running through things and we don't want to be too biased with our our negativity um, <laughs> what, what were your thoughts did you check out did you see much about that crazy gordon murray t50 hypercar the the mclaren f1 successor did you see that that news i did i did i think it was incredible i think that could have been the thing to save mclaren oh the thing to save mclaren if it was a mclaren, if it was a McLaren. Yeah. See, we kind of slagged it off because <laughs> yeah. we didn't like how much it costs. Firstly, mm-hmm. we uh, we apart from the fact that Tony buys all the hypercars, he doesn't actually like talking about them. No, I order them. I don't actually buy yeah, them. He orders them. <laughs> sorry, you just order them. So, um, <laughs> and the thing that annoyed us was that it was kind of like somebody had written down on a piece of paper the dream hypercar mm-hmm. without actually kind of backing it up with firstly any proper plans to build it. Secondly, any real thoughts. It's like, you know. It's, it's great as an idea. Is it a reality? I don't know. And if you think of it against Valkyrie, Project mm-hmm. One and Speedtail, would you still personally go for a Gordon Murray T50? Depends on the warranty. Oh, good man. He's I thinking think with a sensible head either, It's either going to be incredible or it's just going to be a flop. Yeah. I just yeah. worry that it's never going to turn on. You're going to go for the gear lever and it's going to fall so off. So it could be a McLaren. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Okay, well, I, I think Alex is probably from the same frame of mind that the majority of the audience are going to be, and we're in for a bit of hate here. Um, moving on to a car that surely we're all going to agree on here, the teased imagery of the BMW M3 Touring that came out. So I don't know if you saw this, but BMW have confirmed now that they are making an M3 Touring. We think for the first time, I don't know if you have any insight on that, but mm-hmm. we're pretty sure it's going to be the first M3 Touring. Um, is that a car you a estate kind of guy? 
No. <gasps> no. Oh, How man. old are you, Alex? How old are you? 26. Yeah, he's 26, a bit young. Yeah. 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 Give it a couple of years, mate. Trust me. <laughs> it, it comes out of nowhere. A puppy in an estate car. <laughs> <laughs> Catches you off guard. Um, okay, so then, then is this car not that exciting to you? No, I think I've, BMWs bore me. Oh, fair. Which I think is a, I, yeah. I mean, I you drive an A35. I mean, you can't really say that. <laughs> oh, I God. wish, I wish there was a crossover between a BMW feel and drive and a Mercedes interior. Ooh. See, I hate the Mercedes infotainment system. It's too fiddly, yeah. I think it's too fiddly. Yeah. But you like the quality? I just think it's different. I think, the BM, I think BMWs nowadays, they look like they just haven't changed for yeah. years. Which may be a good thing, you know, you don't change what's working, but... Have you been it. in a new one, Alex? Have you been in the new BMWs, though? Have you been in the new ones? I test drove their M2 Comp 68. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's got the old infotainment <laughs> system and that. You need, need to go in the new cars, mate, with the well, new but, digital but, dash. But I'll just side with him again here because he supports the podcast. So I'm trying to be nice. Uh, <laughs> I would agree, as much as I love the infotainment system, the design language, and I've harked on about this on Seen Through Glass for years, has not changed for 10 years. Like, the BM, if you squint, all the buttons are pretty much in the same yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the infotainment system that is amazing. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but they have updated it more in the last couple of years than they ever have. Yes. And, and I, I agree, When you get even when you get in a two-year-old M2 comp, it does look 10-year-old inside. I, yeah. I do get that. But the newer one, the newest, like what's in your X3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is more. It, it's updated. Yes. It's a bit more in line. It's been finesse, finesse. But the them big double screens in the in the Mercedes, oh, they do. Nice. Yeah, they do. But it's just fussy. Yeah. I agree with you. It's just navigating the system. Yeah. The first two weeks, I wanted to throw it out the window. I think when you get the whole, when you get sort of, you know, you find your own way around it. I think it's. Yeah. You got I think to. I prefer the old the old Mercedes and entertainment system that I had on the C forty two with a big screen in the middle, the manual dials. The sort of the pad in the middle. I still can't get over you had a C43 convertible. It's literally one of my least favorite cars ever made. But anyway, each to their own. Um, okay, and then finally, uh, to wrap things up, uh, we spoke about Ferrari Roma, a car that I'm actually going to be driving, uh, well, when this podcast comes out in a few days' time, which I can't nice. wait for. Uh, are you on the, it's a Marmite car, so are you on the love or the hate on the looks of that thing? The looks, I think it looks fantastic. Ah, uh, yeah, welcome to the party. But what Ferrari doesn't? I mean, all Ferraris look good. I still not. Fucking on the F90, I think that looks... Iffy. Iffy, yeah. See, I don't... I still am not convinced by an 812 Superfast. I'm still... I'm coming around Mm -hmm. to the way it looks, but I'm not, you know... And the F12, I was never that big a fan of. Really? Yeah. And Rome is a whole new design language, so people could, you know, it's a bit... It's Marmite, mate. Yeah, maybe. What about... Do you you like the way a California looks? Not really, no. Well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a Porsche. It's not a Porsche, exactly. You've figured out Tony pretty well. Um, Okay, well, yeah, as I say, so so you're you're liking the way it looks. You like the Mm -hmm. idea of it. Could it be like if you were a rich man like Tony, could that be an entry-level Ferrari for you? Or do you think you'd always try and go a little for the V12 or for a a mid-engine V8? I think I just... Still feels like the missus of this car, doesn't it? It'd have to be special, yeah. It'd have mm. to give something that I think the California hasn't done. The California's still a bit soft. I think it'd have to give that driving experience back rather than it just looks incredible. Yeah, that's that's what I'm worried about. Basically, I was, we were saying earlier, my nervousness comes around the fact that I was super excited and then all the reviews that have already come out have all a bit like, 
it's nice. And I'm like, oh God, please be better than that. Um, but the thing with Ferrari, it needs to be more than just nice. I think that's what that's what their reputation is, is incredible. And it's exactly just... It. It's supposed to blow you away, isn't it? If you've mm-hmm. got 200 grand for Ferrari, just go and buy 488 and be done with it. That's that. Or challenge Stradale. Oh, <laughs> yeah. If you're only doing four miles a year, <laughs> buy challenge Stradale. Very good point. <laughs> I think that's a perfect place to wrap things up. Look, Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for supporting us as well. It's uh, It's been great to have a chat and learn about your quite incredible car history. That was, we were lucky there because it could have gone downhill if you were like, well, I earned a 35 year old. I don't know what. Actually, I mean, you know, could have come off here crying. Yeah, you could have come off here crying, but actually. Well you did done. well. You started off well with the GT4. Um, but yeah, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for supporting. Hopefully, we'll catch up with you again soon. Soon. Um, for everyone else listening, if you want to be supportive, like Alex, of this uh, podcast, head over to patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. If you're watching, make sure to subscribe and turn on notifications. And if you're listening to us, keep listening to us wherever you are, and we'll catch up with you very, very soon. Goodbye. Thanks, Alex. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 